0: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Digest, your one-stop podcast for thought-provoking insights and compelling stories. Each episode, we sift through the web's richest content, carefully curated for those with an insatiable thirst for knowledge in the realm of self-improvement. So sit tight, open your mind, and get ready for an adventure of understanding and inspiration. Today's episode is brought to you by Blogcast, your personalized audio feed available on iPhone and Android. In today's episode of the Self-Improvement Digest podcast, we explore the fascinating topic of how our cells read our minds and what it means for us. Bernhard Kutzler's article delves into the science behind intuition, the placebo-nocebo effect, telepathy, and even quantum entanglement. By understanding how our thoughts and emotions can affect our physical health and well-being, we can take steps towards improving our overall quality of life. So, let's dive in
1: why and how your cells read your mind, and what it means for you. This explains intuition, the placebo-nocebo effect, telepathy, and even quantum entanglement. Written and read by Bernhard Kutzler. Many phenomena cannot be explained with the usual scientific model of the universe. In the course of my exploration of the question, what am I, I needed explanations for some of these phenomena. Since I am a scientist, these had to meet the best scientific standards, so I developed a new model of the universe. The insights gained from this proved to be very useful in my voyage of personal growth. Follow me as I share one of my most fundamental insights. This will give you a new perspective on many things including yourself and it can help you on your path of personal growth. At the end of the broadcast, I suggest some exercises. My approach to becoming what I really am is to reverse engineer myself. I observe myself and consider how my behavior including my thinking might be generated. In this way I learned to understand why I behave and think the way I do and this is the basis of mastering my programs and thus myself. It starts with a simple question such as How do I raise my left arm? Do it. Raise your left arm. How did you do it? You might answer that you commanded your muscles, but you didn't. Unless you are an expert in anatomy, you don't even know which muscles were involved in this movement, so how could you have commanded them? The truth is, you knew lifting your left arm, and it went up. Knowing was your only contribution. Everything else was done by your body. You may argue that your brain commanded your muscles. But is that the truth? Your body comprises 35 trillion cells. Each physical behavior results from the perfectly coordinated interaction of these 35 trillion cells. To put this in perspective, we need to understand how big this number is. We are 8 billion people on this planet. On 4,500 planets like Earth, there would be 35 trillion people. How could one coordinate that many people working together as perfectly and quickly as your cells do? After all, your arm went up as soon as you grasped the thought. So, there was no reaction time between a possible command from the brain and its execution. If you think about it, the very idea that the brain commands your 35 trillion cells by sending out signals is absurd. Apart from the fact that we have no answer to the question, who chose to raise the left arm and therefore knew raising it? After all, you are not your brain. My simple, and in the eyes of some probably as heretical as it is challenging, explanation is that your cells know what you know, and they perform your knowing by acting like a school of fish or a flock of birds, which often behave like a single organism. Your body is nothing but a flock of thirty-five trillion cells. They are united by the knowledge of how to survive as a flock and, besides performing this survival behavior, they perform what you know such as raising the left arm. You are thoughts piloting a flock of 35 trillion cells and not a body that thinks, which is the usual perspective. If you are interested in a detailed derivation of this new perspective, listen to my blogcast: Thoughts Are Not Products of the Brain. For a full description of the underlying model, developed according to best scientific practice, see my book Consciousness, Its Nature, Purpose and How to Use It. The communication between you, the pilot, and your cells is simply that your cells know what you know. They read your mind, so to speak. This begs the question why and how does a cell know? In my exploration, I have found the fabric that not only makes up thoughts but also the entire universe. This fabric is pure information, that is, information that has no form. In contrast to information that has a form, such as text, sounds, or images. I call this fabric EEL, that is, the two-letter acronym formed of the letters E and L as an abbreviation for entanglement at large, which is one of its characteristic properties. To illustrate EEL, consider your mind, which is a small version of EEL. The flow in your mind, which includes thoughts, feelings, and intuitions, is pure information, It is unlike anything in the physical universe. There are no distances between thoughts, no paths to travel to get from one thought to another or to move one thought from here to there. You just have to focus in this sea of pure information. Since physics breaks down when all distances are zero, your mind has no physics and therefore is not bound by the laws of physics. It is not part of the physical universe. The same is true for eel. To illustrate that eel is the fabric of all, imagine a loom on which a cloth is woven from a single thread. It is a vertical loom and you are looking at it from above so that you see only the last weft. The thread is eel. The last weft is the universe. The cloth, except for the last weft, is the history of the universe, which includes your own history. All information about everything present and past is available everywhere in the universe simultaneously. In Doors of Perception, Aldous Huxley has pointed this out as follows. Each person is at each moment capable of remembering all that has ever happened to him and of perceiving everything that is happening everywhere in the universe. The function of the brain and nervous system is to protect us from being overwhelmed and confused by this mass of largely useless and irrelevant knowledge, by shutting out most of what we should otherwise perceive or remember at any moment, and leaving only that very small and special selection, which is likely to be practically useful. If you are interested in the full train of thoughts leading to the discovery of eel and its properties, check out my book on consciousness. A model-slash-theory-slash-perspective is neither right nor wrong. It is only more or less useful, such as for explaining phenomena. This is true for the traditional model of the universe as well as for this new model. So, the question is, does this new model offer better explanations than the traditional model? Let's look at the evidence. To be the thread means to be pure information and therefore to know, potentially everything. Since everything in the universe is woven from the thread, everything in the universe is the thread. Everything is pure information and therefore knows. Atoms, molecules, rocks, planets, water, cells, plants, animals, humans, you name it. The behavior of non-living things is described by the laws of physics, which includes that information cannot travel faster than the speed of light. Quantum physicists, however, have observed an instantaneous exchange of information. This phenomenon is called quantum entanglement and has been experimentally demonstrated with photons, neutrinos, electrons, molecules and even small diamonds. Physics knows only information with form, like text, sounds or images. In the new model, there is information with form and information without form, also called pure information. Information with form must travel physically. Pure information is everywhere at the same time. It is not accessible to objective observation. It can only be known, which is subjective. Therefore, physics cannot deal with it. Quantum physicists observe only the effect that occurs when, for example, two electrons know about each other and they are amazed because it doesn't fit the laws of physics. Therefore, they accept it as an amazing fact and call it quantum entanglement. They can't give an explanation. The new model offers a simple explanation. Everything potentially knows everything. Practically, it knows what it needs to know to fulfill its properties and its purpose as part of the whole. In inanimate things, There is not much to observe in this regard because their range of behavior is limited. Animate things have a much wider range of behavior. They respond to their environment in more diverse ways. The behavior of non-human living beings is described by the laws of physics and their behavioral programs. There are countless phenomena that result from their knowing beyond physical senses, that is, through ill, such as when animals intuit danger. I discussed this in my blogcast why the 2004 tsunami killed 230,000 humans but virtually no animals. An approaching tsunami wave is part of the universe, the last rift. It is pure information and, as such, can immediately be known everywhere in the universe. Intuition is nothing else than accessing this pure information. What does it mean that an animal knows? An animal is also nothing more than a flock of cells and its behavior is generated by the interaction of its cells. When we say that an animal knows that it must escape to higher ground, in response to intuiting an approaching tsunami wave, it actually means that its cells know they must work together to escape to higher ground together. Biologically, A human is an animal, but it is a special animal. It is the only life form on this planet that is piloted by thought. We call this pilot mind. The mind is nothing but pure information that has learned to identify itself with a flock of 35 trillion cells. Practically, this creates an additional level of cell behavior so that each human cell performs the pilot's mindset besides performing the animal survival know-how. A human has the freedom to choose a behavior that is not a reaction to its environment, such as raising the left arm. This freedom comes at a price. Here's an example. Healing is part of survival behavior. When an animal is injured, the wound heals according to the laws of physics and biology. The animal can intuit which plants to eat that support healing. When a human body is injured, The wound could heal in the same way as an animal's. But for most people, their intuitive connection to nature, their ill connection, is so weak that they don't intuit which plants can support them or what else they should or should not do. Even more influential to the healing process, however, is the pilot's mindset. These commands can be neutral, supportive, or obstructive. Optimistic thoughts such as the belief in the benefits of a therapy, accelerate healing to the point of miracle cures. Pessimistic thoughts, such as doubt, slow it down to the point of preventing it. This phenomenon is known as the placebo and nocebo effect. You are a mind that has learned to identify with your body. Through your thinking, feeling, etc., you are constantly feeding ill, the threat, with pure information about you that becomes instantly available throughout the universe. Potentially, the entire universe is listening to you. Another person could, intentionally or unintentionally, intuit this information. This is nothing more than telepathy. It also explains social and other phenomena, such as feeling comfortable or uncomfortable in the presence of certain people or how certain plants and animals react to us. Here are a few exercises to implement this insight. Exercise 1. Apply this new perspective to yourself. Imagine your body as a corporation with 35 trillion employees that you pilot with what you know. Meditate on what that means in concrete life situations. Exercise 2. Analyze examples of the placebo and nocebo effects that you have experienced in yourself or observed in others. What can you learn from these examples? Exercise 3. Analyze examples of social interactions where you or the other person knew more than was physically communicated. Exercise 4. Observe yourself when you are with someone. What do you intuit about the other person?
0: If you enjoyed this, you may also like our other podcasts, The Productivity Digest, The Psychology Digest, and The Life Digest. Stay curious, stay inspired, and thanks for listening.